0: so this is um mal she nice to meet you he is nice to meet you too the most amazing physio <laughs> <laughs> always gets all like imposter syndrome and gets all like blushy it's like you you're an amazing speech therapist you go yeah you know um Let's
1: try my best you know i don't I know, know if i'm is really
0: good and so we um yeah, thank you for doing this because we nice. lecture for um ASIYs and we do the um M1, which is the neuroscience. And it's all about the neuroscience the okay. underlies all your sensory processing. Okay. So when we lecture on, say, the vestibular system, we look at kind of all the brainy stuff that goes with that. Okay. Did um, neuro- and- you yeah, did you? I sent you my report just for reference. Yeah, was, thank yeah. you. That was amazing. We chatted about it for about two hours. Yeah, it's it's interesting to read because it's actually from a neurological point of view, so it yeah. just
1: makes so much sense. It's such a complex um diagnose, a complex
0: yeah. paradigm, yeah.
1: paradigm yeah. which so everything working on each other. So um, I I fell into your salad now, um, Anissa, but I
0: used to have migraines since I was ten. I know and that's the bit actually I'm gonna stop you there because that's the bit we find fascinating. Mm.
2: And yeah. Yeah. We want to sort of because obviously this is some of this is gonna be for students that um, they haven't learned anything about the system those systems. Yes. So we're yes. going to sort of try and see if we can layer it a little bit. Mm-hmm. If we talk That's about if we if you don't mind, if we can talk about
1: experience now, and then we'll yes. delve back a little bit yeah. as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, what was interesting is the neurolog- the neurologist literally started and I went to I just want to tell you how he, he literally worked back from why did I have a jaw operation? I, I said, why do you want to say, yeah, I said I had a jaw operation. Why did you have a jaw operation? Because I had a, a dislocated jaw. Why did you have a dislocated jaw? I went to the dentist. We know I literally walked back till at age 10. Yeah. yeah. And that was
2: going to be some of our questions as well, because the fact that you had the migraines since 10. Um, yes. And like before you were 10, did, did you have migraines or
1: headaches or anything? Yes. so i had severe headaches and migraines um so i remember my first migraine at 10 and i have that very uh memory of me going to a tennis lesson and that was when my mom still started to she she still tried to teach me ball skills but unfortunately that failed but i remember going to tennis and and vomiting and and having severe headaches um prior to tennis lessons so it's been a pain syndrome most of my life. So when I had my jaw surgery two years ago, my first jaw surgery, it was because of pain in the jaw and headaches. So my jaw was not in a good position, which they do believe um, goes back to the orthodontic treatment we had when we were children were very invasive. So, you know, those helmets that you wore. So they actually disaligned my my jaw and I was um, – mash uh grinding. grinding I was grinding from a young age yeah, because we of that mm. Mm, from a young age and that's because of my malalignment in my jaw and literally my jaw deteriorated to a final stage degeneration and that's why I had the jaw surgery because I could not chew anymore I couldn't talk it was difficult to do my job and after your jaw
2: surgery did your migraines change
1: what they believe happened, I had severe pain. So I had the last two years, after my first jaw surgery, I started with severe pain. And I actually thought it was trigeminal neuralgia. Mm-hmm. So I was treated for trigeminal neuralgia. But that's a, the, the treatment they use is, they give you an anti epileptic, something like Red Lyrica for pain, and Celebrex for the inflammation. And apparently, what I have does not respond well to that treatment. But you use three different products. So my migraines got worse and worse. And what I did not realize before I had this incident six months ago was that one of my auras was vertigo. I got vertigo as an aura to a migraine. So for me, it was just part of my migraine experience. I feel like a bit unwell. I don't balance properly, but I'm not a good balancer. My mom always says that she didn't know about OT when she had her eldest child. She learned about it when she had the third child. So. It hasn't been strange to me, but I always craved vestibular movement. I loved swimming uh, up till recently. Did now you, I don't. So when you were young, you said you didn't like tennis. What things didn't did play ball? <laughs> <I have very laughs> what things ball did school. you like doing? I sang choir. I did um, debating. I did the newspaper for school. So a lot of cultural activities. So I just couldn't. They literally. I tried different sports, but I was just literally not able to catch the ball so they I, I, I focused myself to cultural activities because that I enjoyed and I was good at it writing I still do a lot of creative writing um, I like the cultural aspect and I think it's because I wasn't good at balls with balls catching it when the volleyball came I was like <laughs> <But what laughs> I other,
2: <laughs> other sports and activities or, or pastimes
1: not ball sports other things? No, even swimming. I'm not good at swimming. My coordination is just really poor. I, I battle with, with any coordinated physical movement. And that was before I had this, where I'm literally now struggling with the balance aspect of it, where if something moves, I'm like, huh, I'm moving.
2: And you said that you liked movement, though. You, you
1: liked vestibular movement. I liked swinging. I remember particularly when we went to a, um, any place with a swing, I would sit on the swing and I'd like the swinging. The swinging kind of gave me a sense of calm emotionally it was also good for me regulating but any physical sports I now do hiking or I did hiking before this and that I was able to do but I think it's the rhythm and you walk with somebody so it's, and it's nature it's not it's not noisy it's not busy so I can actually focus on the hiking so that I do now on a regular basis but
2: and so when you were younger and you discovered that you really liked being on a swing, how, did you have a swing set in your garden?
1: Did you? My dad made us a swing um, from steel. He literally made one. And that is now in my garden for my daughter. But it was one of those swings where two children can sit on and it goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, And I still, up to recently, I would sit on a swing. I don't mind the movement of the swing. And my daughter, incidentally, also, she loves a swing. She will sit on a swing for hours. And it helps her learn. So I do believe that that was something that I craved—that movement. Although I couldn't get the movement in my body or the coordination to, to do anything else.
2: And did your, have your migraines since you
1: returned? Always had that vestibular, that vertigo. Vertiginous. Now that I now that I know what vertigo is, I realise I always had that component. But now that I come, now that I have vertigo continuously. When I get that aura of the vertigo, it gets worse. So I was actually thinking that the when I do not um, handle my balance well, I get migraine. But it's not that. It's actually the other way around. And the medication I was on literally triggers this kind of headache to make it worse. So I was going down the road because I was adding more medicines to try and handle this extreme, extreme headache that I had for like up to 10 days. And the more they tried to juggle with the medicine, the less effective it became. So that's why I had the association of, oh, it's related to my vertigo. When I don't handle my vertigo well, I get migraine. But in the meanwhile, I've always had vertigo as an onset, but I did not realize it was vertigo. Um, so the moment they, they pushed me out of theater um, and into high care, they actually, I told them I'm going to vomit. And this, I think they told yeah this was just yeah this was in march 2023 okay. so when they pushed me out of the surgery i started vomiting and they assumed it was from the anesthetics and as they moved me from high care into the normal ward the moment they pushed me on the bed with those wheels i vomited again and then i started realizing but this is movement related but i thought it was all the swelling all the it was a very big operation the doctor struggled a lot to reconstruct my jaw so I just assumed it was that. And when we drove home, I became car sick for the first time in my life. Now my daughter gets car sick, so I know the symptoms, but I've never been car sick. I get like, airplane sick. I get very sick on an airplane, I can't eat. And um, so I do think I had a sensitivity to, to some movement, although I craved others, but this like just whoop, it crashed it. So now I'm on different medication. I'm taking Tripoline, which they hope will sort out the migraine because I feel if I'm more in control of the migraine, the vertigo will kind of of ease off of it. It won't go away, but if I don't have pain, then it's easier to handle the vertigo.
2: And what does your vertigo feel like for you? How would you describe? If someone never Mm, knew what vertigo felt like.
1: It feels as if the walls are falling onto you. It's literally you walk into a place and everything topples over on top of you. Somebody comes from the front and you feel as if your head is moving. So you step back. It's like the strangest, it's just a real feeling realizing that you lie on the bed and it feels if the floor is rising, but it's not, you're lying still. So often it's even worse when I'm lying in bed and I have that pain or the vertigo because I, I feel like my whole world is moving, but I'm still. And I tell my body I'm not moving, but I don't have that regulation. The other um, fact that comes into therapy that my balance therapy works a lot on is the moment I start concentrating on something different, like not my walking or my movement. So if they ask me questions, I lose my balance because I can literally not focus on the balance and do something else. So that has improved a lot with the therapy. But it's a challenge the moment we and if I turn my head, it literally feels as if the whole room is turning. So we've got you still getting
2: motion sickness, yes. You said constant vertigo,
1: but it gets worse with the migraines, yes. That lasts for around 10 days, it can last up to 10 days. The doctor has now given me medication that I have to take within a half an hour of onset of the migraine, and if I do that, it won't. Last that long it literally like passes within a few hours with rest but then i have what they call residual pain that's still left from the migraine and that kind of it's a whole time that feeling of the migraine is coming the migraine is coming but but it's not coming it's actually the residual pain but that has a lot of influence on my balance my vertigo so if i have a day like that it's difficult to work with the busy children or children loud noises instantly um to give me that vertigo moment. It's literally as if it triggers that, like the loud noise. Like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, move. I can't move. Like, I move, I'm moving, but I'm not.
0: And how long? So, when you came out of surgery and you started having these symptoms, can you describe those? Yes. Like for the first like month, what was happening? Um, uh, extreme facial
1: pain. Extreme, like it feels like the the lightning is hitting you, and this blue light pouring into your skull. And you would like just feel disoriented. I literally could not. We have a double story house, so my room is on top, and the kitchen and the living room is at on the at the bottom. And I could not see the stairs. It was like I would be on top, and I would love, want to climb down, but I can't because I, I cannot see the the level of the stairs. It's just one mushy Alice in Wonderland movement. So um, it was also very, I was also very nauseous nauseous because of the balance that triggers also you know, when I get very, very lot of vertigo. I get um, very nauseous. So I was very nauseous. So it was really difficult to eat because now I have to eat because I'm having to take medication. So what I resorted to was literally in a dark room for two months, staying in my room. And my husband and daughter would bring the food up. People would visit me because for three, four days, I was not able to go up or down. I was stuck where I was. So if I do get an intense attack, I had one about three weeks ago. So I went to the stairs and I wanted to go to my bedroom. And I realized if I go up now, I won't be able to come down. So I made dinner and prepared it. And I went up and I rested a lot. And I took my medication and then I could manage the stairs. So it's been much better, but I still don't take escalators. If at all possible, I don't take um, move, the moving. I take stairs. I will walk three slot lights of steps. Rather than taking an escalator or a roll tra- a rolling, you know, um, those moving steps.
0: Yeah, an escalator. escalator.
1: Yeah, an escalator. Yeah. Yeah. What the, about? Lift. the escalator and the lift, both of them. I, I literally walk, even when I was very acutely sick, somebody had to walk with me step by step by step up the stairs because although it's difficult, it's, it's doable. Where with the movement, I'm just like, oh,
2: that's too... <laughs> I'm What like, about in the supermarket? Is that okay? Oh
1: no the supermarket <laughs> a bit, a bit is about. very challenging um i went to the supermarket on monday and i was actually so proud of myself because i walked there it's two kilometers so i was very proud that i made it and once i got to the supermarket it's visually very busy there are music that's loud people are pushing trolleys that is moving forward and you are moving the other direction so supermarkets are very challenging for me. I think it's all the components that I don't like. Bright lights, lots of noise, lots of movement. So I try not to do that too much. Um, I, I, yeah, It's hard. <laughs> and driving? I can't drive yet. Uh, they did balance testing. Uh, I knew I couldn't drive. I wasn't able to drive. So I never drove a car. And then when they te- I, in August I was admitted to hospital because I was doing so badly. They took they literally did every test possible, blood test, a sleep study, a um, and literally everything. And then they did a balance test with an audiologist who told me I am not allowed to drive because the moment I change my head's direction and look back, I cannot see what's in front of me. So the other reason why I realized I couldn't do it is it's noisy on the road. So if somebody hoots at me when I'm in the car with my dad, I get a fright. And I I think I will literally like tug the car because I get such a big fright for noises. I'm very sensitive.
2: Are you okay, like working on the computer or scrolling on a
1: tablet? I tried to the tablet is okay, but I cannot watch TV. I watch a lot of documentaries because that I can actually listen and look. I don't have to look and listen. So I can look for a moment. I can listen. Any TV program that is busy, I cannot watch at all. For the first two months, I literally could not read, could not um, see anything on the computer. I could not watch TV because the noise was so overwhelming. So it was emotionally very hard because what do you do if you have pain all the time and you can only lie still in a dark room? And um, it's very challenging. And I'm a very busy person. <laughs> I like being busy. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I had to teach myself literally since I came from hospital that I have to take it easy because if I don't take it easy, it's too much for my system. So I have to force myself not to take a new patient or a cancellation and fill it with somebody else because my body just needs that reset to just, and resting doesn't necessarily make it better. It's literally your, it's as if your brain has to reset. And uh, the neurologist mentioned that it's something going wrong in the brainstem. So it's very basic to tell neurological structures. stem is very low. I mean, you use your brainstem for everything. So it's literally an overstimulation of the brainstem. So yeah, so I hope to drive in the future to get back to the first question, but I'm not at this stage yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs>
2: And so you said you've
1: seen a neurologist. Have you seen a vestibular specialist? I've seen the neurologist. I started with audiologist who, and then I went to the ENT, which is a specialist in, he has an ENT special, speciality in vestibular and neurological conditions. And then I was seen by the physician who did all the blood tests and then the neurologist saw me. So in, with the three of them, so I basically have three doctors all three managing everything because we're trying to keep everything as optimal as possible because the moment my body has a setback it has a big influence on my balance and then we lose the therapy that we've already done and we have to start from the front which is hard because if you work hard to get to a certain point and you have to start right back at the beginning it's kind of discouraging but I try to say to myself I'm doing what I can in Afrikaans we have a saying step-by-step, step, literally, a sl- stuffy or a And That's my motto. I literally take it step-by-step. Step. I focus on this patient for this 45 minutes. Then I focus on getting that patient out the door, getting the next one. I focus on a phone call. But for somebody very busy, that's quite challenging.
0: Um, remind me, I know your daughter has ADHD. Yes. Do you have ADHD or ADD? Or have we just? I can tell you, I always thought my dad is like my daughter, extremely
1: ADHD. So I struggled in school. They kept on telling my parents I am underperforming because I'm not doing as well as I should. And now that I take this journey with my daughter, I've realized my, my daughter didn't inherit it from her father, from my father. I inherited it from my father and I am busy. But at the stage when I was doing school, a child that was intelligent were supposed to do well. Nobody looked at an intelligent child, So I I literally developed certain skills. I would sit in front of the class at the aisle. I would, even now when I go to a course, I cannot sit in between people. It's just too distracting. I am meticulous with my diary because if I use my diary, I remember things. And I remember at school being so anxious when I didn't have my diary, but that was my my way of remembering all this information that I couldn't cope with. And that was why I was underperforming. The anxiety stepped up. So when I was um, diagnosed with anxiety, I went to read a lot. And I I read about ADHD, but I wasn't that informed about it. But as my daughter has a journey, I really realized this is what she's struggling with because I had that. I struggled with this. How old were you when you were diagnosed with anxiety? Uh, 21. I started getting severe anxiety attacks, but very badly. Um, really severe. So then I was seen by a neurologist who then diagnosed the anxiety disorder and then I was, taking, I was given medication. So I've been on medication for anxiety for 26 years. I am very strict about my mental health. I see my psychiatrist once a month I see my psychologist once a week because that's what I need to stay in tune with myself. And it has been so much more important now that I struggle with my health because you just need to be mentally able to cope with the challenges that you are dealing with. So yes, the anxiety is under control. So, um, but I, if I do not take my medicine meticulously, I do get a problem.
2: Um, and going back to
1: the vestibular rehab exercises. So what exercises have they given you? So exercises have been different. Uh, it changes week by week. Uh, in the beginning it was literally just holding a paper and, Reading, it was like a blue, it, it, words were written, like a blue word, a red, but then you have to say the color. So it would say blue, but the color is red, yeah. and you have to say the color. So that processing, because processing has been severely affected, it's difficult for me to process auditory information, and it's better now. So then I started moving that chart. So I actually have to move the chart with my eyes and still read it. I've done exercises like stepping onto a trampoline, um, reading something, stepping off, turning around, stepping on and off. And oh, that's wow. really excessive. <laughs> and, and it triggered the migraines at the beginning. Oh, no, I therapy, it's down for two days. So I can only do balance therapy on a Friday because I have to give time to recover. And um, oh, last wow. week I did quite a, we were, the balance therapist, the therapist was very impressed, but she literally put down little things of pictures on the floor and I had to pick it up look at it, put it behind my back, and then afterwards, five items. And then I would have to recall for what I picked up. But focusing so much on picking it up from the floor and getting up took away all the attention to whatever I picked up. So I could, I would remember maybe a cool drink, but it's like that was the previous one because my brain was literally getting stuck on doing the balance with some gross processing. It was really hard. Yeah, they're really high-level exercises. Yeah, so we are on an iron level now. We What did you start with? Literally just reading, like blue, red, yellow, or saying
0: the word. Reading so, the no words. movement. No movement. I mean, there no was some I had happened.
1: to bat
2: What about, so, do
1: you still get it when you turn your head from side to side? Yeah, I, I, you'll see, I do not. I, yeah, so if I turn my head, I feel like, so you'll see, I've I added a bit of a stiff neck because it's difficult if I turn my head and look there, um, it's hard for me. For instance, my my clock is against my therapy wall, but I sit on the floor with the children. And for me, to look up is the most challenging, up and down. I often don't see things at my feet as well. I will step on my cat's tail or I won't see the food bowl if it's been moved, which is even more frustrating because you feel like you're not having a quality life. But I literally can't look up from my floor to my clock. It, it, like, triggers immediately. My, my parents know that they if the toys are a bit higher up, some of them will, will help me to get them down because looking up and taking it down is really hard. Um,
2: What about, so if you have your fingers like that in front oh. of you, keeping your head still, no. can you look from one? No, it's hard. It's hard. Just moving my eyes
1: are, like, very challenging. It's
2: Because it's I would always... It's really interesting because you've obviously started at a complete different level to what I would start. Yes, so
1: it has, it, it, it's really hard for me. It's a, even I, I feel like I have sometimes tunnel vision because yeah. I do not see kind of the the size. I think it's a processing way of like how can we cope? Because I said yeah, I I have to literally look up for what is above me, and although it's not like literally a. a big movement, but I can't see what's on top of me or behind me or in, in, on my sides, to my side or, or, or at my feet. That's a big struggle because I don't think we realize how many stuff, much stuff is on the floor. And the yeah. moment that lightning changed, so you could go from a darker room to a lighter room, immediately you are thrown off. It's like, oh, my gosh, the other day I, I swore and my daughter said later to me, why didn't you swear? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And she repeated what I said. And I realized it was when I stepped into the darker room, I literally lost my footing. I, yeah. I didn't know where the roof was or where the walls were. Wow. So, yeah.
0: So, you're, I'm just, your. it's affected your vision, your hearing, yes. your vestibular. Yes. What about yes. your um, taste, smell? That's also the same. Oh, I could
1: literally not. I had COVID before um, vaccination. So I had that severe COVID without the smell, the taste. And I have, um, when my husband would prepare food downstairs, the smell would like be now, not during COVID as well, but I had that same experience. The onions, the smell is just mm-hmm. overpowering. Coffee tasting different. Mm-hmm. I Actually, I love coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker and I stopped drinking coffee because it wow. it just – doesn't make me feel well and the taste is in my mouth and it's very um harsh it's a harsh taste
2: and did that so is that residual still from covid did
1: it settle down and then it's come back no it settled down it settled down okay. completely and when i came to home to hospital i was like being getting so nauseous from my husband preparing food downstairs and smells of food it was just like the blander it was, the easier. I would literally tell him, please, no, no pepper, no spices, no – it's like ah. – it's as if your senses are just like so overstimulated. What about your sense of touch? My sense of touch has been okay. Um, I, I know in my hands, are oh, my proprioception is good unless I have a vertigo. If, if I get up quickly, it's like, okay, where am I? But my sense of touch hasn't been influenced, but, but the other things have all been influenced. Ah and intersection is difficult you know having that that feeling of when am I really thirsty when am I really hungry when am I overstimulated when am I judging that
2: and I but think it has to do with the mental yeah yes. if you're constantly on the state of high alert actually focusing I, internally is I not going to be a priority somebody, your brain
1: yeah if the phone suddenly rings I literally jump I, I, I jump it's like Oh my gosh,
0: I get a fright because I wasn't expecting it. And so your cortisol levels have just been permanently... Yeah, It's it's just flooded with that. On alert. When, yes.
2: when I want to know more about the testing that you had. Yes. So, when, so did they get what sort of tests did they do from? A, I'm thinking not about the blood tests and and all those
1: sorts. Okay, the audiological audiology testing.
2: Yeah, did they get so you so standing that, on a wobbly platform
1: with a, a visual? Yeah, yeah. yeah they the did. Glasses and I, they yeah. would like, um, they first performed the hearing test. My hearing is okay, but I get Very uncomfortable at sixty decibels. So for me, sixty decibels feels like hundred. That's what they what they gathered from the testing. I don't know how they judged it. Although I'm an audiologist in training, I'm a speech therapist in being. Um, And balance testing was at a very new stage when we studied. So this is a very new field. I mean, I studied twenty five years ago, and then we literally was on the verge of doing balance testing. So it's a it's quite a a new thing in South Africa. If twenty five years is yeah, <laughs> so they literally had me um, do that, the hearing test. Did uncomfortable threshold levels. They were put on glasses, and I had to say when I see something, when I don't see something, I had to um, tell them turn my head, and they would shake my head. That's quite invasive. They literally shake your head, and then you have to look in front of you and you have to read. But the time, they time, the delay of how long it takes to actually process what you're seeing, and if you can see what you're supposed to see. And so they did a lot of intensive, it was a two hour session of just audiological battery assessment. So, and interestingly enough, I saw the audiologist the other day when I was at um, the practice for the physiotherapy and I mentioned to her what I was diagnosed and she said, cool for me, not cool for you. <laughs> I just told her because I thought it's such a rare condition, the maldebarkment syndrome that I don't think a lot of people know what they're looking at because she immediately said there's a vestibular migraine component, but she's not sure what the rest is. But with her knowledge, the ENT's knowledge, and the neurologist's assessment, they made the full diagnosis. What's very interesting is I had my eyes tested last year, and when I had the jaw surgery, I couldn't go back for testing because the migraine was so intense. But I realized my glasses weren't working as well as before, So I went back about a month ago and my vision um, really lags behind now. The optometrist was like, uh, is there something wrong with you? Because this is not regular results. We tested you a year ago and you've literally gone from a 1.5 to a 2.25 and a 1.75 to a 2.5 in both my eyes, near and far. So the glasses I used to wear is of no use to me at the moment. So my vision, my physical, although there's nothing wrong with the eye nerve, that tested that. My vision has regressed a lot.
0: There's a lot going on. There's so much going (laughs) on. I mean, I think we can just do like hours and hours. Yeah, we (laughs) can talk to you all day. What about um, about your sleep? Sleep was challenging. Now
1: that I'm taking the Drupalene, it's much better. But the pain would be so bad that I couldn't sleep. And if I wake up, I I wake up from vertigo. If I have severe vertigo, I'll wake up and I cannot stay in bed. So the first month, I, I had such pain, and then it wasn't diagnosed until recently, the maldevelopment. So they first thought it was maybe the adjustment after the surgery. So I literally would sleep two hours a night. And the worse your sleep or the, the worse your, your, your managing of the day is, when you wake up with the vertigo and you wake up with that tired feeling, it literally triggers the migraine. And when you get the migraine, it, what was first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> It's, a, it's that kind of process. It's it's you know what I've learned, Anissa, that um, I have much more empathy for my children, like my children on the spectrum, ADHD children, children who are sensitive because for the first time, I, I literally pick up all the noises. I see every light. I had to remove some of my toys from my toy box because I cannot cope with the movement of a spinning wheel or a, a light. Anything with a, with a tune is like, and I didn't have a lot of electronic electronics toys because it's more I mean, encouraging to use other toys, but I literally can't use something that has a ball that goes round and round because I feel like I'm spinning. And with the little kids, because I work with littlies, two and three-year-olds, um, they move a lot and they're noisy and they dysregulate it and they feed off my dysregulation. So I must be able to, to regulate myself. So I have started to see, which is nice for me, a, a bigger population of older children who is ADHD or right. whose parents has been to another therapist who's not neurodivergent. And the therapist does not necessarily realize that you can't work with this child like A, B, C. You have to go C, B, A, B. And, and so now I've taken on that, um, that phase. Lane. So a lot of my parents who were with me when the children were literally actually contacted me during the time when I was ill. And see, so they, they're desperate, they don't have a therapist for their child because nobody understands this child's dynamics. Um, so yeah, I try to um to pace myself in terms of patients. I'm not taking on new patients at the moment because that's a whole new circle of interaction training. Um, but I I see that the older children, although they're ADHD, are more Still, sitting still, although the ADHD, then a two-year-old ADHD or a two-year-old ASD child. So um, I had to change my work scope as well, which was very really hard for me because I did my master's degree three years ago in late talking with two to three-year-olds. And that's my absolute passion. I love the littlies. And to say, okay, I can only see this number of littlies, and then I have to look at what I can cope with, and I can't cope with this.
0: Wow, so that's really impacted Pretty much every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Even my daughter's relationship with me, because I was the one that used to drive her to activities
1: and take her to physio and a rehab. And now I have to have my dad come pick me up. Then we go, or she has to go with somebody else. And we have a very close relationship. She's 17 now. She's just used to me always being around in the afternoons. And for some time, I literally couldn't help her with the summaries for school because the computer was just overwhelming. I, I couldn't look at the computer. Yeah. So she went to a June exam with a mom that wasn't able to help her with any notes, yeah. which is hard for her because she needs encouragement with her learning difficulties. But like I say, I, I feel blessed because I still am able to do my job. Although I, there were two months that I was literally stuck in my room and then three more weeks where I could go from the room. But I, I, I thought at some stage I'll never be able to do what I do. But I can do it now, although it's difficult. I'm able to do it. And the encouraging thing for me is although I know I might not ever um, spontaneously recover, I get to do things that I could not do for three months. See a child, interact with a mother, encourage a mother. Um, and, yeah, so you learn to adjust.
0: Yeah. Walk to the
1: supermarket. Yeah. Walk to the supermarket. That was a big one. By myself. By myself. Nobody with me. Because the road is quite challenging because there comes cars from the front to the back. So on my way there, it's usually okay. But on my way back, it's the supermarket, and now the cars are. So I try to time it now when I walk with my husband and my daughter that it's a quiet time on the road. Yeah. And that's a problem as well. The neurologist expects me to exercise three times a week for the pain. But what exercise do you do? Swimming. If I think of water, I feel like vomiting. Dancing, oh my God, I was never able to dance. Now would not be a good time to start. Aerobics, I never had the coordination. Um, so it's literally, I can't jog because it's too much movement. Um, so it's really challenging for me to exercise three times a week because I, I do like a hike of two kilometers with my husband just to the supermarket and back. And then it's like for a week, like just recovering. <clears throat> but yeah, so, so it's, it's, it impacts you in more ways than you know. Um, so it, it's, and I think, when you're not, if you've not experienced severe vertigo, you do not realize necessarily what it's like because the neurologist said to me, You was the one that suggested swimming. And I was like, Oh, no, I can't do that. And in his mind, that was like, It's an okay movement because it's not busy, but the water's movement are like changing my perception all the time. Even the physio, she said, I was trying this. And I'm like, uh, Nah, it's not going to work. That's what is not a good idea because I literally can't do it. So it it, it affects a lot of aspects in your life in terms of independence and being a dependent person takes takes away your authority over your life. Yeah, because you have to ask somebody to help you drive you take you um, take your daughter, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So dependence is it's gone out the door.
0: That control independence. Independence is in independence
1: has gone out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank you so <laughs> we, we might well have more questions at some point, if that's all right. That would be lovely. I love
1: chat. Talking is my. I love talking. I need yeah. so
0: to <laughs> Talking is my thing. And I can still do talking while I sit down. So that's okay. Oh, no, that, that, <laughs> that's amazing because I think there's so much going on. It would be really good to actually go back. And, to some things. And, and see, I will see and you. And remember what things were like for you when you were five yeah yeah and then and, what I would, and then pre-puberty and post-puberty and all of those exactly um, yes and, then, and I will
1: send you the in Raleigh after I didn't think of it last night to send you the audiology report but even looking at that we can do like on the assessment and the therapy do a specific thing on the assessment yeah that would just to talk about that because I think it changes you as a therapist the moment you experience something. That was the same with my daughter. I had a daughter with learning difficulty, so I knew that. And now I'm able to tell parents that this is what your child is experiencing because they see me struggling. Yeah. But in the child, they expect more because he's, he's okay. Okay, because at two or three, there's no diagnosis yet. So they don't think that it could be so overwhelming to eat because the sound in your ears are just like it's, yeah. you're dying. The, yeah. the, the, yeah. the root outside. Smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. smells. Yeah. Of children who have feeding difficulties with that extreme sensitivity to smell. I, I'm I'm so aware of it because now I do the feeding therapy, but it's like it's
2: so
0: nice. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Almin. I'm gonna we're gonna let you go because you need to rest before your next session. No, oh, but um you, thank you. Thank you so much. much. Yeah, just um thank you for sharing that awareness because I think it's important that people know of this, and especially parents
1: and, and parents and adults know that. This is what somebody else is experiencing. I can help in this way. Right. I've had very accommodating parents. in my practice. I say to him, this is what I have. I can't plan my days. So you must know there would be maybe some days that I cancel on short notice. And that, there are amazing people who literally, when I get up, take the box from me or pick, um, put the toys away. Or, and I think if there's awareness, we can help each other. Yeah, no, no. life is be kind. And if you can be kind to one another and children or people with difficulties,
0: then we are actually embracing life yeah mm-hmm. oh amazing well thank you so so much thank for you. taking the time nice to meet you thank okay. you so much oh, lots okay of... if you have any questions you can send it to me or we can talk about it again I don't mind brilliant oh, thank you thank so you. much okay bye have a lovely day bye 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 bye